Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Between Realities VR podcast here on the home of everything Between Realities, Between Realities. My name is Alex VR, and I am joined here by my co-host, Skiva. Skiva, dude, how you doing, man? I'm good, dude. Good, as always. Uh, lots of VR this week. i um, been playing uh, some amazing games, and, I, and we have a guest on today that I have been so excited to talk to. So this has uh, just made my week. Y'all you know. probably have noticed by now that this is a bonus episode, mm -hmm. right? We're, we're doing an episode coming. on a Wednesday. Thank you for being here. We've done it a little bit earlier. Hopefully some of our overseas friends are able to join us as a result of that. And uh, I see we definitely have some friends here in the chat who have joined us today. Danny Rayleigh, so excited for this episode. Yeah, that's right, baby. This is about to go down. Aaron Summers, sweet. I'm finally not at work. I get to check out my favorite VR show. <laughs> Aaron, thanks for being here, bro. Like you, What's up? your support means the world to us. Paradise Decay, the mod Pete in the Teddy. house. Duty does is here. Metal. What's I, up, dude? You know, Duty's a metal fan. You just take one look at the guy, and you're like, oh yeah, he's a metal fan. <laughs> I know you. I know he loves metal. <laughs> Mike Newton's here. What's up? What is up? What's Mateo three one one is today Friday. Mateo. Hell no, dude. It's Wednesday, man. We're doing that Wednesday bonus episode here as well as Eric Hartley E minus. I know Eric. it won't up, be too buddy? long before we get to see Eric Hartley again yeah. and all these events have started to come up and yep. can't wait to go to him. Midlife Kid, let's go. Let's get it, Midlife Kid. Chroma Snare is here. Obscure Nerd VR, Andy Southern, What's who we will be seeing this upcoming weekend as well, is here. And Paul from the VR realm. Dude, Arcanian Dude, VR, how's it going? Up? Thank you guys all so much for being here. So, what are we doing today? Man, so... So back, um, back about a decade and a half ago, I got addicted, um, like addicted to some games, right? Guitar Hero came out and I was a guitar player at the time. And I was like, I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to like this. I play real guitar, blah, blah, blah. But let me tell you, I have more hours in Guitar Hero than probably any game on any platform ever. I bought, I bought every single one of those games and I like, I perfected it. Well, not perfected, but I, I got, I did every song on, on the hardest difficulty throughout every single title that this, these games released. Same with rock band. And now, um, I'm diving into unplugged VR and today we have the producer of that game and the co-founder of guitar hero and rock band and I, my mind is my mind's blown i'm so excited to talk to this everyone dude. please welcome to between realities mr marcus henderson from vertigo games hello marcus dude gentlemen <clears throat> it's an honor to be here how are you excellent man so good dude thank you so much for being awesome. here and joining us on the show today um i i have a feeling skiva did not really realize that he would have this like trajectory in his life back when he was playing guitar hero in the day Dude, to no. where we'd be on the show today it's crazy talking with you i i've I, like i was saying i never played a game so much in my friggin' life with the exception of maybe mario kart but i really think my hours in guitar hero especially in rock band like dwarf that and and hopefully i can bring those hours up on unplugged is, VR is this well. like a typical response like do you hear this regularly when when you get to talk to people about your work in these games well, first off, I mean it's it's an honor to to rock with you today too, Skiva. I mean you're you're a legend in the VR community, so I'm I'm just I'm I'm glad to be here and, and um, share your space and um, get a chance to talk about the games and everything. And and yeah, I I still to this day get a lot of people that reach out and tell me how Guitar Hero kind of 
changed their life in a way. A lot of guitar players still reach out and say, like, this this game made me a guitar player, like a legit guitar player. Now my band is, and, uh, you know, it's so, we're just, we're retelling the tale. And I'm I'm just incredibly grateful to be able to sort of pay back guitar, the art of guitar. Um, my love for rock, punk, and metal um, is, like, just universal. And so anything I can do to serve this as an art form to ensure that, like, next generations get a chance um, to rock out and feel the power of, of metal is is something that's kind of been a crusade of mine. So um, if it wasn't for people being passionate about it, we don't have a franchise to work on. So it's it's really a Mobius strip between um, people that create and people that play the games. And, and I kind of think that's that's kind of what we're all about with Unplugged these days as well. Hell yeah. Nice. Hell yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know like who the first person to make a rhythm video game was, right? Like I don't know what the OG rhythm video game was and maybe someone here in, in the chat or something knows like a first rhythm game but that's like video games and music together is like it is like peanut butter and chocolate dude like it is like the best combo ever in my opinion it's like mm -hmm. such an amazing way to engage with music without necessarily needing to know how to play an instrument or, or be good at an instrument even um and right. it's 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 phenomenal so i definitely want to talk about um, unplugged, right? And like where we have gotten to as a result of all of this stuff. But first, I would like to just know a little bit more about your involvement with the Guitar Hero and Rock Band series, right? Like how did you get involved and and in what ways did you contribute to those projects? So it, it really goes back to a beach party. Like there's a California unwritten rule that whenever there's a beach party, somebody has to bring the acoustic guitar. Yes, sir. Um, so this this night it was my job so i brought an acoustic guitar now um i've i've been playing guitar for forever like a million years right and and i've never been in a cover band or a tribute band but i just had this like ridiculous um recall for riffs like i got, I got a billion i can't remember the whole song but i can i can play you pretty much every riff ever written so one night on the beach we're at a party it's in san francisco i'm playing the acoustic guitar and somebody somebody asked her like somebody requested to and i think it was like stairway to heaven or something and somebody else requested another tune and i just I, I was in the zone i reeled off like seriously and i've told this story so many times but i reeled off I like know, 60 or 70 tunes in a row and um a buddy of mine at the end of the party gave me a card and said, Hey, my name is Bill. And, um, we're, I work as an engineer for a studio in Fremont and we're always like looking for talent to do re-records or session work for commercials or, or films or anything. Would you be interested? Uh, and to that, to that point, I'd done some minor session work, but I felt like this is a great opportunity. Sure. So gave me his card. Um, we exchanged numbers. And I got a phone call out of the blue, um, like a month and a half later. And he said, hey, we have a project we're working on, um, and we need you to come in and do a note-for-note -note, uh, cover of uh, Symphony of Destruction for Megadeth. Sick. And, nice. <laughs> um, and this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to pay you. This is what, what's required of you. Uh, no charts, no nothing, just an MP3, basically. And said, okay, um, let's see what you got. So... Booked the session, came in, knocked it out, um, and uh, I'll tell you a quick a quick side story. Just 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 because this is a road not almost not traveled here seriously, but um, I was intimidated when they called me to do Megadeth song because I mean it's Marty Friedman. If you're a guitar player out there and you know who Marty Friedman is, he's terrifying. Like yeah. he's so unique. It's almost like trying to 
um, recreate a Jackson Pollock with paintbrushes and 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 water <laughs> watercolors, right? Um, it's there's so many unique things about his playing that it intimidated the shit out of me, and I almost didn't take the gig because I was like, I don't think I can do this. So I set a mental threshold that said, if I got paid um, X amount of dollars to do this, if the because they didn't tell me what they were going to pay me, if they were going to pay me this much money, then I'd do the session. Um, and so I called them and I said, hey, I'm just wondering really quickly, um, what can I expect compensation wise for this? Because I didn't really say anything. I just agreed to it. And they said, oh, it pays this much. And it happened to be $50 more than the threshold. So I took the gig. I recorded the song. They went to E3. The game came back with like 12 best in show awards. And they said, OK, your next song is Thunderkiss 65, uh, Tuesday, 1030 a.m. Be White here. Zombie. Um, and that just continued on. I ended up doing, I think, 80% of Guitar Hero 1. Wow. By, by, by myself. Um, I sang I Want to Be Sedated. I did the lead vocals on that one. I did background vocals on a bunch of songs. Played bass on a couple songs, too, just because they needed a bass player. I mean, that's how quickly Guitar Hero 1 came together. They were just like, okay, we have literally four months to record everything um, and get it over to harmonics. And, um, yeah, we got it done. And so... So that took off, and that's a million other little stories unto itself. But right. then um, Guitar Hero 2 began, and Activision hired me away from, from Wave Group and said, we want you to be a sort of brand manager, a consultant. We want you to work on the uh, like some game design. We want you to do all these. It's just like, like a whole potpourri of things they wanted me to do. Um, but at the same time, I'm re-recording the music for Guitar Hero 2, while I'm recording my original band, Drift's album, too. So if you remember Guitar Hero 1 and Guitar Hero 2, there was a couple of Drift songs on there. I wrote those songs. So that was one of the busiest parts of my life. Uh, so I'd say from 2005 to 2008, um, I went from sort of being internationally ignored to um, having the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame take a flying V that I used on Guitar Hero 2 and putting it in the Rock, uh, rock Hall's permanent collection. So... Um, it wow. was just an insane ride. Dude, wow. congratulations, first of all. Like, that is fucking awesome. It is so great that you got to take your love of music and guitar playing into this uncharted territory. Like, were you a gamer before you were approached for that? And, like, oh my God, of course. Yeah, my whole life. I mean, from Atari to Nintendo to, you know, Sega Genesis. I mean, every console pretty much I, I've, I've owned and, um, had favorites. I mean, so I, you know, my love of guitar and my love of video games was always a dead end street, according to my old man. And, <laughs> I, and I was like, in 2005, when he actually saw commercials for the game and was like, holy crap, my, my kid was part of creating this. It was just like, it was one of those wake up calls for everybody. Cause I mean, nobody knew how special this game was going to be until um, the response was amazing and the sales numbers came in and we were like, oh my God, we've, we've touched a nerve with pop culture. This is, this is a once in a lifetime thing. Don't take it. Don't take this for granted, man. You know, you truly did. enjoy this. You truly did. Like I, it, that game, like fucking like rattled everything, you know, like yeah. That yeah. people who didn't play video games were playing guitar hero because it's not about playing video games. It's about music, but it's also video. It's like such a great yeah. combo. You know, I, I bonded a lot with my sister over guitar hero. She was never a guitar player or really that much of a video game player, but, but we got together and, and with, with two of the plastic guitars and we rocked man all mm -hmm. the time, just all the time. And we had a lot of good bonding time because of that uh, times that we would have never had spent together. Had it not been for these games. Absolutely. So, man. 
Yeah. Hell yeah, man. So what I'm I'm kind of curious is like, so you got hit up to record the music that ultimately ended up being like that you as a player are playing while you're playing Guitar Hero, but like. Did you have like the the concept, right? Like, did they pitch you on the concept? Like, hey, here's what's going to happen. It's going to be a controller. There's going to be five buttons. Or like, what, at what time in the process did you did you realize how your work was going to be used? And what was your reaction when you first got to play the game? So nobody really knew what this game was actually going to look like until you know about a month or two away from the E3 build, and that was when we actually started seeing how things were coming together because. Prior to Guitar Hero, there was a game called Guitar Freaks, which was a Bamani game. Now, Bamani, if we want to talk about the origins of, of rhythm games, I mean, we, we have to look squarely at Konami and, and not appreciatively because Guitar Freaks sort of was the spiritual predecessor of Guitar Hero in a way. Um, so looking back on it, um, I didn't really understand how this was coming together because I was on the audio production side of things to begin with. Right. So Harmonix um, was working with Red Octane until Red Octane saw how I was working with Wave Group and pulled me out of there, um, which was when inevitably Red Octane sold to Activision and became Activision. So it, it's kind of convoluted, but I really didn't see any gameplay or understand how this was all coming together until, um, until pretty much right before they shipped that five song build off to E3. And then I was like, Oh my God, this is, so this is guitar hero. Wow. Um, because we had no frame of reference before. Right. Um, and there hadn't been anything quite like it, especially in, in like Western culture, man. And then, and then, so we talked a little bit about guitar hero one, guitar hero two, guitar hero three came out and this, this game really, really did something special for me because because first of all, it was amazing. It was it was also the first Guitar Hero, I believe, on PlayStation Three, um, and it looked unbelievable. Uh, you know, sixteen by nine ratio, full high definition graphics, right? But what really got me is one of my all time favorite guitar players, someone that I idolized like my whole life to that point. Slash, you got Slash in this game, like blew my mind, dude. Like, what did you have anything to do, or um, how did it come about to go after some of these uh, some of these pro guitar players and legends like Slash to actually come in? Uh, I'm imagining he did mocap, right? Because like he looked, yeah. he did all the movements that he does on stage, right? Like, what was that like? So it's just it's interesting to note the progression of like the macroeconomics of of a video game from three like console cycles right guitar hero guitar hero was released at the very end of ps2 cycle in fact it actually extended the life of that console legitimately um and then gh2 xbox 360 gh3 ps3 so as the the game got you know, the, the game design evolved as we went forward. I mean, there was only one place to go, but up, right? Make it bigger when your chipset's bigger and allows you to do um, just so much more. So, I mean, hardware-wise, from PS2 to PS3, I mean, that was that was a significant leap, right? I mean, yeah. so you're you're talking about so much more space to fill and so much more opportunity. And and the budget to work on these games was, was way different. I mean, from PS2... Um, Guitar Hero 1, we were basically using cover songs. I had to re-record cover songs because we couldn't, we had no money. I mean, we had no money for licensing, right? So 
Um, and then same thing with Guitar Hero 2. And then we sort of proved by the third iteration that we don't really necessarily need covers anymore. Um, labels are starting to throw their entire catalog at us, right? So um, it was really kind of just an easy transition to go to master tracks. Um, and the budget at that point was just, it was ridiculous, right? I mean, so, and we're talking like a $90 video game. Right. I mean, yeah. this is not an yeah. inexpensive toy, right? So um, that just flooded the coffers and made all the things that Neversoft and Red Octane wanted to do um, viable. And and at that point, it was just like, well, well, how do we steer the game design? How do we design this um, to really make it feel like you're you're in a in a fantasy realm where you're conquering bosses? So that was at the first time where we really introduced like boss battles as a key game concept, right? Mm-hmm. So at that point, it was just an individual sport. You're on leaderboards. You're enjoying this high scoring or or just like, you know, farting around because it's a family game. Um, GH3, it became really competitive. Like, so um, everything kind of got serious at that point. So um, with that came the opportunity to introduce Slash to MoCap and, and all, get all the other artists who did an incredible job re-record, you know, recording these original boss battle tunes. Um, and it was it was just a phenomenal thing. I'll tell you, Slash is one of the nicest dudes you'll ever meet in your entire life. You've probably heard that a million times, but he is beyond the coolest, most humble guy ever. Um, and uh, fun fact, that top hat uh, comes with him everywhere and comes with its own little leather uh, case. And oh, wow. Kind of nice. Like, nice. So I was, I was really, really and he was, doesn't let it out of his sight. That thing's always nearby him. I, I would imagine. I mean, that's, that's it's signature iconic. slash right yeah. there. That is right? one of that's the most, signature yeah, it's one of the most iconic on rock things ever. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I was right. lucky enough back in the day to be able to actually meet slash. I kind of, uh, when he was touring with Slash's snake pit, I, I actually kind of stalked him a little bit when he came to Boston where I grew up and, uh, and, and met him outside of his tour bus and, and uh, he signed an album for me, and and he was just, dude, was just so nice. It, w- it was unreal, you know. And, and at that point, he was like such a mega star mm-hmm. that I was really shocked at how down to earth and how nice he really was. So yeah, that was that was great. I mean, he's always been one of my favorite guitar players to to walk the face of the planet. How so. he, he's really easy to like. Mm-hmm. like he, how, I he's so a great rock star. I'm wondering now, like in your opinion, how pivotal are the partnerships and like licenses and like famous songs for lack of a better way to put it in the success of games like this you know like do you think that guitar hero became as huge as it was because you could play the songs that like you grew up playing you know and is it okay if rhythm games don't get popular music you know do you think it holds them back what are your thoughts on that so i i think in gh's case um the song selection and the variegation of styles really pulled it all together. Because one of the things that families would tell me, and and a lot of the feedback we'd hear was, this game brought us together. Like, dad loved Boston. Um, My kid loved Rage Against the Machine. Um, My sister loves, you know, another band. And and then, you know, mom likes Ozzy or something. So there was something for everybody. And that's that was that, like, connective tissue that really kind of establish that hey this is something comfortable it's safe it was it was it came at a time when video games were were it was, it was, there was sort of a binary approach to video games i mean you were getting like gears of war shooters and call of duty and um that's not exactly a family friendly game for right. whatever it's worth right so when you have something that's very rare where y- your levels are basically two and a half to three minutes 
long so you can pass around the controller everybody gets a shot to play their favorite songs and if the gameplay is engaging if the game balance is done correctly and if the music is handled with utmost care and alacrity um then you have the ingredients to make something magical so can can you do it without those magical ingredients well yeah because there's be, you know there's tons of you know rhythm game communities that will play anything because it's the gameplay experience and le- as a, the conveyor right mm-hmm. like the song is meaningless to them they just it's another level to them um but if you're looking for the full package the full experience the the joy of rocking out the gesticulations of going wild and and going crazy and 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 having a bonding moment because you know you really love the music that you're listening to i don't think there's anything that can beat that to be honest with you I think that's a great answer. You know, I think um, like, you know, the rhythm game that I've played the most of in the past few years is Beat Saber. And there are plenty of people who stay away from Beat Saber because of the catalog of music, like because it doesn't offer them what they would want to be able to express. And I talk about expression on our show all the time. Like expression is like, to me, it's everything in in all right. aspects of life, and that's what games, good music games and rhythm games, offer the the ability to to do is to express yourself. To like you said, like boom, like you're feeling it, you know. And even when I'm playing Beat Saber, like there are there are days where like if if there's a song that I really like, I loosen up, I'm hitting harder, I'm flowing. If I don't like the song so much. Maybe I'm a little bit more rigid, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think it is really important that people are able to connect with music that they actually enjoy. And it is awesome that um, these games have provided such a wide variety of different styles of music for people to be able to tap into and, and to feel that with. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Um, and I think there's something to be said for, you know, really feeling that that experience. And, and it's, as a game designer, it's, the sum total of everything you do was, well, how did that make you feel? Like, we're we're all just chemical dealers as game designers, right? We, mm-hmm. If we do something correctly, we're introducing a new, exciting blast of, of serotonin or oxytocin into your brain every five or ten seconds with a new game mechanic or something exciting. There's, there's an art and science to game design, um, but there's also an, something to be said for listening to your gut and your heart. And, you know, when we're putting a song like Flying High Again by Ozzy and Unplugged, my heart is telling me that this is an important song for people to play because you've got a ton of Ozzy fans. And, you know, we need that. We need that connective tissue. We need people to get excited that their favorite artist is in this game. Um, because when you look at the back of the box, you want to be able to make that. Ah, can't wait to play that one. I know this one. I love Rush. Oh, my God. Tenacious D. You, you've got to play the hits and listen to the people. Um, and give people what they want because I mean, if you're not feeling it, I mean, chances are they're, they're not going to feel it as well. And you know, I come mm-hmm. from the school of Guitar Hero. Play the hits, man. You know. Right. So, mm-hmm. so is Unplugged from Vertigo Games? Is this like the natural progression of of how this has all been unfolding? Well, well. So before, not, not to cut you off there, but before we got to Unplugged, we went kind of to Rock Band, right? Where we took that guitar um, experience and expanded it to the rest of the instruments. Now you have people on a drum kit. You got someone playing bass. You got someone actually singing, mm-hmm. right? Which is wild because like. To me, when when you require someone to buy a peripheral for a game, your chances of that game becoming not so successful go up dramatically, right? So now you have an entire 
kit that you can buy to play this game, Rock Band. Like, how did how did that come about? Did did you pitch that? Was that something that uh, kind of came down the line, and then um, and then you guys went with it? Well, again, um, I have to I have to look towards uh, Konami for inspiration here, um, and sort of what they've been doing because. Um, you know, a, a, a appreciative nod once more to the Bimani kind of way of life, which is um, gamify it, have fun with it. And these are game game design ideas and, and concepts that have existed before in one way or another. So the next step from Guitar Hero 2, um, hardware-wise, now if you remember, Red Octane was a hardware company. They made dance pads for DDR. And so mm-hmm. the bread and butter, um, aside from making dance pads, um, they created a game called In the Groove, which was basically a DDR clone. Uh, Red Octane was also a video game rental service um, that was competing with Gamefly, fun fact. Um, oh. So, yeah. Um, what was the question, Skiva? Oh, yeah, no worries. <laughs> I, so I so how, how, did, how did we get to the point now where we are – we are uh, yes. kind of bringing in all of the instruments and, and asking people to go out and buy drum kits and, and more guitars and microphones and all of this stuff. Hardware. Yeah, well, because like, and, and going back to Red Octane's love of hardware. So the next thing up was to um, get the Drum Hero uh, hardware together. So that was happening when Guitar Hero 2 was, was occurring. And at that point, at the very end of the sort of like, hey, let's put together a working prototype of, of a drum pad. Um, at that time, the, the crevice was being created and EA and harmonics were starting to work on their own IP um, and like the camps were separating, right? We, at this mm-hmm. point, we had, we'd already established that harmonics was no longer going to be able to work on this. So they sort of drove a lot of that technological, um, you know, element to ensure that we can sort of progress this. So they had the core concepts um, and I was at the forefront, but at that point they just said, um, we're not doing any more hardware dev. Um, all, all like in-game development is now being ported over to Neversoft. Um, Harmonix is no longer a partner with Gibson, no longer a partner mm-hmm. with um activision we are we are splitting and moving so um that's kind of where that ended and because we left that ball on the ground uh alex and dan and the guys at harmonics clearly saw this as an opportunity to um take you know the game mechanic of guitar hero to the next level and they had the vision to integrate the whole band it was everybody's idea including karaoke now karaoke revolution party existed before Guitar Hero, right? So there were karaoke games on the PS2. So really, it was all a matter of like, okay, we've got Guitar Hero, we've got the game engine, we know what we need to do with karaoke. Let's just build the highway for drums, and um, you've got Rock Band. Boom! Wow! Boom! There it is. And you know what's, what I like? What I find interesting about these peripherals, specifically in Rock Band, is like Guitar Hero was a game right and like maybe if you played guitar before playing guitar hero you would have a little bit of an advantage you know especially like just to getting to like expert much faster um but you don't need to know how to play guitar to play guitar hero in fact maybe you shouldn't so that way you really get to get that feeling right Mm -hmm. but singing and those that drum kit 
I would argue is a lot different. I would say that you actually kind of need to be able to sing to rock that microphone, and you kind of need to be a drummer a little bit <laughs> in order to rock that drum kit. And maybe you weren't a drummer before you picked up the rock band drums, but I would argue that if you got good at rock band drums, you could then go sit on a kit and pick it up really fast. Uh, what do you think about that, Marcus? Yeah, I agree. I, I think that, I, and I've had so many conversations with like, stodgy musicians over the years who have just like said no rhythm games are bullshit like jason newstead who's kind of a buddy of mine would would notoriously say i mean video game hater to begin with but like guitar hero is terrible it teaches you nothing and i and i just said well no you're i think you're wrong and and i think you're looking at it from the wrong perspective um there's basic things that you can pull away from this that can help you at least develop interest in becoming a musician. And the first thing that you're going to get from these games is timing and rhythm. Totally. So the strum bar, everything was quantized. So you're, you're literally learning how to count. So everything music-wise is kind of there for you to unpack. So if you have a tangential interest in becoming a drummer or you've ever tapped or you've got some kind of rhythm because you've clapped along to your favorite song, this is the game that may unlock that for you. And I've seen it. I, I can verify that Guitar Hero, Rock Band, all these games unleashed a generation of actual musicians who built on that platform and got the confidence musically or rhythmically to say, I think I can do this, man. This yeah. is no longer a simulation. I want to take it to the next step. And I'll tell you one thing really quickly. I was in a clinic in New York one time and a mom came up to me and she just, she, she just hugged me like 30 seconds and i and i'm like what's this for really and she says um so let me tell you my kid's 16 years old started like going in really dark places we lost touch with him he's just in his room um he hates everything and this sucks his dad got him guitar hero for christmas he's playing with his video games with his dad and now i'm here at this music store buying him a guitar because i know he'll be doing something positive and playing like this basically put our family back on the right track. And I'm like, amazing. I am just one wow. of many amazing people. Um, I'll take this hug and share it with everybody, but I understand that. I know mm. this. We're all looking for something to make a connection and um, games like unplugged and guitar hero were designed for people to come together and, and to experience something and have that moment. Well, and like I said earlier, dude, it's expression because there is yeah. like, like I am a musician myself and I've been on stage and you know, I've like, I know what it feels like to be playing with people and to be like connecting and jamming the fuck out. Like I know that vibe and it is so good. It is amazing. It's one of the best expressions out there in my opinion. And there are people who have never even come close to that expression until they play rhythm games like Guitar Hero Rock Band, because then they pick that thing up and they feel it and they're like, Oh, and then they're like flowing and they know this song and they're jamming and they get real expression. Like the expression doesn't give a shit that it's a plastic controller or you're, you know, doing air guitar or whatever mm -hmm. it is. Like the expression is just right. as real. So maybe it's not as like deep and profound and uh, maybe impactful in, in your life as something that you've written, that you're performing with other people or whatever, but you are experiencing something real by doing that. And that's exactly what that kid got is like a nice taste of, wait a second, I can I feel this and fuck, this feels good. You know, like yeah. that's what it's all about. I mean, I will, I'll tell you, I know, totally. I personally know people that have absolutely, that have played these games and then went out and bought a guitar and started playing or went out and got a drum kit. Like, yeah. like this game, these games definitely 
introduced people to a world of music that they may have never explored before. Maybe they listen to music, but they never said, oh, I'm going to pick up this instrument. And I'm going to go out and create my own thing mm-hmm. and really changed, changed lives mm-hmm. like for real. Yeah. So now, now I feel like we have to talk about Unplugged now. Because, Absolutely. Because now Absolutely. we've been taught, we've been focusing on the hardware that all of these games provided, right? And now Unplugged is a completely different approach with no hardware at all. Um, and now my, my question remains um, to you, Marcus, is, is Unplugged like the natural progression of where you've come from with Guitar Hero and Rock Band? I certainly think so. Yeah, I, I think that we're now at a place where um vr is on the verge of becoming um almost you know ubiquitous in not only tech and, and in home entertainment it's just it's it's been on the cusp there's been so many like all close almost breakthroughs um but really the experience um the the, the feeling drives the experience and the experience drives the game design and the game design drives the hardware and if you don't have compelling experiences for people they're not going to go out and get it so this is what you've got when you've still got a million you know people that are on the verge of playing oculus because they they just they just simply don't have it yet Mo- most people don't have vr yet but we wanted to create a game that compelled people to go out and say, you know what, this was the killer app that I wanted to do because I had a connection to Guitar Hero. That was something that I loved back in the day, and I want to go back and feel that again. I want to feel that once more. And and like I said, we're all we're just trying to get people to experience something that feels good. Like our game isn't negative. We're not we're not asking people to to go you know, simulate World War fucking two here. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? This is, this is, we're in the toy aisle of life. We want people to take a break and enjoy this. So um, I think we're at a part, point now um, in tech where the simplicity of a game like Guitar Hero can be just what something like this hardware needs to really open it up to people that were either on the fence of picking it up or it's still like an emerging tech, right? I mean, um, so we want people to, to access it. Um, and the price point is reasonable. So do I think it's the, the natural progression? Absolutely. Because we're here, we've made Amen. it. I mean, this game is, is out. It's, it's definitive proof. Um, and the feedback and the reception that we received has been like, yes, we've been waiting for this and we're grateful that we were given the opportunity to, to be able to provide this because we love these games. I mean, this all comes from the heart. Um, we're, we're not, we're not focused on profit. We're not an avaricious group of like, you know, venture capitalists trying to tap into something just because it exists and we can like, you know, extract money out of it. We're doing this because we genuinely care about rock and roll and, and guitar and rhythm games. And we want to serve the players that love them as much as we do. Nice, nice. So, so before Unplugged, so we talk about the progression from Guitar Hero to Rock Band um, to Unplugged. So before Unplugged came along, uh, when the Oculus Rift first came out, I kept saying to myself, man, can you imagine? Because at that point, I, I still was playing Guitar Hero and Rock Band, right? And I was like, wow, can you imagine if you could play a game like this in VR and get the feeling of actually standing on a stage, right? right, And rocking this thing. And then what happened is I think through a partnership with Parmer Lucky, I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but, but we got like Rock Band with this guitar and the Oculus Rift original CV1 controller strapped to the back of it with this little plastic doodad right here 
you were able to right. pull this plastic guitar uh, into VR. Now, this was unfortunately way before its time, right? Because at that point, I, I feel like there was still it was only a handful of people in VR, right? But to actually stand up for the, there for the first time and feel like I was on stage. I mean, I've been on stage before. I used to be in a band as well, but like to actually feel like I was in a guitar hero game standing on stage, all these people are looking at me and people are freaking out and yelling and screaming. And like, I'm in there and the guitar is represented perfectly. That just blew my mind. That blew my mind. And is what actually got me so excited for the game, a game like Unplugged to come out. Um, but before we go super into Unplugged, I just wanted to ask, did you have anything to do with the rock band version of, um, of or the, the Oculus version of rock band? I had nothing to do with that, unfortunately. That was all harmonics. Um, gotcha. But, you know, regardless of the outcome, um, I, I think it was brilliant that they made that effort and mm -hmm. that it was such a bold first step for, for these kinds of things just because without without somebody experiencing that, without somebody, like, at least stamping that flag in the ground – Bands like ours have to take those those steps too, and mm -hmm. um, you know we we're grateful just that we have the platform that we're able to to kind of build off of. So um, yeah, I've 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 nothing negative to say about that whatsoever. It was a different time, and I'm I'm I, I'm just hats off that they even you know made right it on. made it work and how did, did their best uh, for sure those guys are brilliant man how did your involvement in vr start was it with the unplugged series or were you into vr before before this started happening so I've, I've been a fan of vr but i've been mostly a console designer and producer for forever so console games as you guys probably know um they're they're kind of taxing mentally and physically like they just they can burn you out i mean the burnout rate is is just overwhelming right so vr is it's a lot funner to work on um smaller everything's smaller you know you don't have these like 10-year dev cycles right it's not you're not gonna have 50 babies in, in in the span of the time it takes to make a game and a game like ours really isn't super i mean it, there's a lot of work going into it okay like a ton of work but you know it's it's a different game than like gta 6 right so it's it, it, to me, it was just like a new challenge. I really wanted to. I saw what Unplugged was up against. I saw what they what they were what they were going for, and I I wanted to help. I, I felt like I could be an asset to the company, and um, I'm I'm beyond grateful that Koch Media and Vertigo um, saw the potential that I could bring to the game, and I'm, I'm just I'm grateful to be one of the producers on this. And specifically, I I do work on gameplay to make sure that it's. Um, compelling and, and really interesting and fun. Um, I, I sit in and help select music for it. Uh, the brand partnerships that you see in the game, um, I've helped work on as well. So I mean, we all touch pretty much every element in these games together because we're all, I mean, these are small dev teams, right? Um, but geez, man, yeah, this is the first VR game I've ever been you know, able to work on. And um, it's it's so much different and so much funner, to be honest with you. So, So the plastic guitars are gone now. Now we are utilizing hand tracking, which is wild because before this game, um, I didn't have a whole lot of faith in hand tracking, but this game came out and knocked it out of the park as far as what it did with hand tracking and how well the hand tracking actually worked. Um, and, and it's just, it's wild to me because I, you know, I feel like I, I can't be alone in the fact that like bands are playing, I have music on and I'm just like playing air guitar, right? Like, and how cool would it be to play air guitar in a video game? And now we can do 
Exactly that. You know, I was talking to to Alex before the show, and we were talking about you know how how a lot of people are saying like you know you you don't have the feedback on your hands like you're holding a guitar, like you're pushing down the strings or pushing down the guitar hero buttons, right? But in my mind, like. Like I, I was sitting there playing today and I was thinking, wow, like how cool would it be to feel the guitar? But then I'm like, wait a minute, I'm playing air guitar. Like, like I had to take a step back and be like, I am actually sitting here playing air guitar, but things are happening. Like I, I'm seeing the notes hit. I'm seeing like the crowd react. Like it's why, and just playing air guitar, nothing in my hands, no controllers, nothing. And it just like, it really made me like just appreciate uh, what was happening with this technology and, and, and just the game in general, even more than, um, than before. Uh, it, I, I'm really, I'm really, really enjoying it. So, you know, so. that like, and the really, the reason why we kind of got into it is because I was talking, I was comparing guitar hero to unplugged and as a musician, as someone who like uses my thumb to bridge against the back of that thing. I found it feeling a little weird when I tried to play guitar hero while playing unplugged. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. that being able to like change your approach, like, like kind of what Skiva was just mentioning would probably help someone like me, right? Like, would it help if I go into the, into the game, imagining that I'm playing air guitar versus playing a real guitar? You know, have you gotten any pushback from people that sounds like this? There's been a little bit of confusion, and we just wanted to clarify that, like, I mean, the full title is Unplugged Air Guitar, right? So we, we wanted to remind people that the source of our inspiration um, came from air guitar. I mean, yeah, we're, we're basically taking the game mechanic of Guitar Hero. You know, we're triggering, triggering notes. It's, it's a rhythm game. Um, but aside from that, we really kind of wanted to just, like, forge our own identity, like, and, and try to make it more about the the air guitar experience and that is you know moving the neck to grab the power-ups and 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 you know using the hand tracking to after the songs to you know electrify the crowd and catching the underwear so i mean we're, <laughs> we're just now beginning to utilize all of the amazing things that's capable inside of these headsets and i i really gotta give all of the credit to ricardo and julia at another way i mean i cannot stress enough how amazing their team is um to be able to to be able to take you know most of the times when you're a game designer you go to your dev team and you and you come up with like a million feature creep ideas and wouldn't it be great if you did this and you get like 90 no's and then maybe like two yeses like another way it's like yeah let's do it like i don't care if i don't sleep this year let's do this man <laughs> they, they're just they're so smart no I think we are uh, so we well coupled with the fact that they've got a great sense of humor that um, everybody it's like it's a playground for us because we understand what we're doing so stylize it make it fun make it larger than life rock and roll air guitar these things are larger than life so when you step into our game I mean what's the first thing that happens when you step into our game you fly in on a giant fretboard right you sail in on a guitar onto a stage so I mean these are the things that immediately you understand okay you're in you're in a different world now, you know, where you're, you're in between realities, so to speak. Amen. Right. right? Amen. So we wanted to, to really kind of preserve Amen. that and get people excited about it and try to take it to the next level. So uh, it's familiar, but it's new at the same time. You know, I think you guys really have done that. Like that is like probably the most profound thing about this game for me as, as when I played it, because you go in there and like, 
you do not shy away from like the culture of rock and roll, you know, and it's like almost like a caricature of rock and roll a little bit, right? Like the Steel Panther guy's there and he's laying it on super, super thick and, you know, like, and like you know, catching, yeah. the, catching the panties or whatever, you know, like that's kind of like that like 1980s era of rock and roll, like that like energy and attitude, you know, and like you get to kind of like embrace that attitude and kind of have a little bit of fun with it, right? Like not take everything so seriously, kind of like you were saying. Right. Well, you yeah, know, it's a little the... greasy. It's fun. That's that, that's the point. It's fun. It is. And and the thing that right away impressed impressed me about this game is is you're standing there and there's a there's a poster of Satchel from Steel Panther, you know, like super metal. He's got his hair done up like like just the most metal thing you've ever seen, right? And the poster comes to life and there he is and he's talking to you and he's giving you a tutorial on how to play the game and he's just as rude and vulgar and funny as an actual rock star is because that's him, man. That's Satchel, right? Like, like so that's cool. Satchel. Yeah, right. and I laughed so friggin' hard. I laughed so hard. The comedy good. in this game due to Satchel is, is <laughs> not to be overlooked here. Like really, really, really impressed me and really got me in the mood to play <laughs> me this too. Game. Skiva, I got to tell you, man, working with him. So, there, so there's two people, right? There's Russ, there's Russ Parrish, mm-hmm. who's the nicest guy you'll ever meet in your entire life. The most unassuming dude ever. Um, really, really sweet. Just had a birthday the other day. And then there's Satchel. Satchel is a completely <laughs> different animal. <laughs> and um, his comedic timing on the set when we when we produced that tutorial was just it was brilliant. It was almost like working with a, like a professional actor, like a comedian. Like yeah. he gets so into character and, you know, he's, he's from LA. So he's got that, that swagger about him and he knew exactly what we, we needed him to do. He knew exactly the character that he was portraying and it was him. So just, just be you and um, everything should work out. And yeah. It um, wasn't cringe. Like, no, it wasn't cringe. It was amazing. You're like, you know, like that's yeah. like the best compliment I can think to give it, honestly, because you come across right. voice acting, regular acting, any of that stuff, especially in VR games, which they have much smaller budgets, much smaller teams, all that shit. My expectations for acting and voice acting in VR games across the board is very, very low. So when he comes out there and like gets a genuine chuckle out of me and like is actually engaging and I'm not sitting there cringing at the performance, that's amazing mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. i i was v- actually very impressed with uh with all of it with the tutorial and and the vibe and and all of that stuff yeah he was that was one of my, my my favorite things right off the bat i was immediately laughing immediately engaged because of his performance um and because of the graphic the graphics and the graphic design that 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 um that you guys were able to accomplish too with bringing the poster to life and making it just seem like that was a poster in my room you know what i mean and wow it just came to life and and that's one of the cool things about vr right i mean you can do amazing things like right. that that you would never even even dream of and now all of a sudden there's a poster of a rock star coming to life um, making crude jokes and just cracking me up so it was super yeah. cool, man. I mean, and there's so many little attentions to detail, too. I mean, if you look around the backstage area, you'll look and see that there's there's a guitar being worked on, right? There's, like, little pictures. There's this, this, We filled this entire environment with little Easter eggs and, and clever little, you know, culturally relative things um, that gamers are going to pick up on because, I mean, it's 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 a purely visual medium, right? So all you can do really is look around and interact with something. And 
Um, yeah, we when when another way understood that it was something that was kind of important to me to be able to maintain that all the amps look like they're on, right? Like that the cables actually look like they're connected properly. And I tiny attention to detail because somebody will pull it out. Those are all the little, you know, dotted I's and cross T's that that add up to that little like, hey, I love this environment. I trust these guys to to do this and um I'm I'm going with them on the journey. And and that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to build another another army of of rhythm gamers that that want to do this again, you know? That's fantastic. Man. So, yeah. I mean, so the game's out, you know? It comes out. It has an insane catalog of songs. Like, that's the other thing. Is like, it's basically like Guitar Hero level licensing in a VR game, which is like... Which is wild. Wild. And I mean, yeah. I guess we're starting to see it too with yeah. Beat Saber, right? Like, Beat Saber's making some mm -hmm. amazing collaborations with like some of the world's most famous musicians out there. So we're starting to see a lot of that too, which is awesome. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm sure you guys, do you have your foot on the pedal? Like, is there, you know, are you like trying to build on, on things, trying to add stuff? Are you just trying to refine what you currently have? What's been the focus lately? So the team never, never sleeps. Like nobody has stopped working on this game since it came out. And um, the community has been super supportive and very verbal about things that they would like to see. And, and we've made it a, an important, you know, tacit in this entire, like, you know, an entire bubble that we're working with to ensure that we are listening closely with the people that love and play our game. So we are fine tuning and ensuring that everything that we can do to make this game better on a daily basis, on an hourly basis is happening. So uh, we have a Discord channel where people are giving us feedback all the time. Our independent developer and tester channel is is just is electric. Every single day, people are like, "We can we can improve. We can do everything." So we're constantly making the game funner. We're we're constantly trying to just take it as far as we can to make the best and most you know exciting game possible. Um, and in regards to building out the catalog more, um, I can't really talk about that yet, but, um, there will be, there will be more, um, exciting things to come. Um, so watch me dance on the minefield of uh, what I can and can't talk about, but, uh, I knew I'd get here eventually yeah. where, where, I'd, where I'd have to say these words, but, um, uh, it, yeah, if, if you can dream it up, we're, we're dreaming it up too. Okay. I'll take that for an answer. Wow. So so what is it like when you're sitting there trying to decide out of an unreal catalog of music that we have at our disposal these days, right? I mean, you you we we have so much amazing music and so, like I don't think I would be able to go through and pick the songs involved in something like this. It's just too much good music. So there must be very um, like a, maybe a council like a council of the rock song, you know? right? Right. <laughs> so how does that happen? How do you how do you come to the conclusion of oh we're going to get some Ozzy Osbourne in here? We're going to get some Tenacious D. What's the process like of going through and picking the music? So there is a bit of a Jedi Council involved here. Everybody gets an opinion. Everybody listens to the song. Um, but the, a game like ours is it, it, it works different than Guitar Hero. Like that, you can see like. Through the Fire and the Flames on Guitar Hero is like a million note blitz, right? Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. it's just an obscene amount of notes. Um, our game doesn't really work like that. So we want to play to the strengths of the game engine, um, push the tech as far as we can go, 
And and we found out that, you know, certain things work better for our game, um, which is why you'll see a lot of chords, a lot of chord movements and a lot of we just we want to encourage people to not get focused on standing there all tensed up, staring at this this unforgivable note map of hell <laughs> and really like immerse yourself into trusting your hands and playing the game and being yeah. loose and just enjoying yourself, which is what the purpose of it is. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it really just kind of comes down to, you know, how we how we decide works best and you, there's a lot of different elements that you have to take into play it has to be fun it has to be familiar it, it can't be like a a 20 minute guitar solo because people don't want to play 30 minute songs so there's kind of an algorithm for what makes a really good unplugged song and it's sort of different than than what makes a really good guitar hero song because they're just they're two completely different games right. so um when you think about it from that perspective you start to see it through a particular lens and that prism reveals certain things that that are like, oh yeah, that works really well. So if you think about Unplugged as its own beast, its own engine, its own game experience, and you think about why we chose the songs we did and how they work well with what we've done, you'll start to see a pattern emerging. And that's kind of what we're we're going for, which is familiarity, um, excitement. There's a, a specific tempo that our game engine really, really likes just because we don't want people running around and, you know, notes coming, going crazy. There's, you know, we're, we're, we're conscious of every single element. I mean, there's literally like a hundred data points that goes into what a song can do for you, even though that at a macro level, it's just, it's a song, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like, yeah, all, all of it means a translatable gameplay experience and you may have a super super popular song, but it just it may not feel great in the game. So we've kicked out songs that are just like, yeah, it's super popular, it'll sell a million copies or whatever, but but who cares? It just it doesn't work. And same thing goes with bands that just don't belong because I mean, we're not gonna put a BTS song in a in a game like Unplugged, right? right. It's just like <laughs> it, it just it doesn't work. So stylistically, what we wanna do is play to our strengths, play to the hits. We are we are really retro focused on giving people that, that gameplay experience that is familiar, um, like Guitar Hero, like Rock Band, uh, and yet at the same time, new and exciting in a, in a different way that's complementary to our engine. So um, yeah, it, it makes it more difficult to pick songs, but it also makes it a lot funner um, because it, it, it means more. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. And you know, when, when I was, when I was first thinking about this game, I was really curious on how the solos were going to work because some of the solos in Rock Band and Guitar Hero are pretty brutal. There's a lot of notes coming at you. There's a lot of things happening. And I was thinking to myself, like, how, how is this going to work with the current hand tracking technology? Right. And then I saw how you guys actually implemented it. And I was like, wow, bravo. So there's just a spot on the neck where you have to be and you're just flailing your fingers like you're playing air guitar. Because what happens in a solo when you're playing air guitar, you're just, just going for it, and it right? it feels <laughs> so good. It feels so good. Like you guys just absolutely nailed the solo thing and, and I really, really enjoy it. So, Dude, I got to say, man, like today, you. like, you know, our conversation before the show and with this conversation today and just kind of like a little bit of what I've been pulling in from chat and stuff. Um, I think like, I think it's important to, uh, I don't know, like maybe have a conversation about games sometimes before we play them. You know what I mean? Because I'm a, I'm a Beat Saber player. Okay. Like I, the day I got Beat Saber on PSVR, it's been like a lifestyle ever since then. Mm -hmm. And they're like, 
like you were talking earlier about how when Guitar Hero 3 came out, shit got real, right? It got competitive. People are like, no, I'm the best. You know, and like there's so sure. much like competitive mm-hmm. energy with rhythm games like Guitar Hero, Beat Saber, especially uh, Dance Dance Revolution, all that stuff. Like people have something to prove. Mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. I went into Unplugged, I'm a badass. I'm a, I play guitar. I'm an expert plus Beat Saber player. Like get out of my way kind of situation was like my energy going into the game, which was not going to be conducive for a good time in Unplugged. Because mm-hmm. what I'm really gathering from all of this is that Unplugged is this kind of this like tongue in cheek, like let your hair down, stop giving a shit for two seconds and just like dance around in your living room for a little while and just like have some fun. You know, mm-hmm. like it's not right. about like being an expert. It's not about nailing that solo mm-hmm. to your point here. It's mm-hmm. just about loosening up, relaxing and just like playing an air guitar for yeah, a little and while. And feeling like you were jamming out. With an air guitar, like you're in your kitchen or in your bedroom, you got music going on, and you're just you're am just I, going at it. Man. Am I am I am I close here? I feel like I'm getting close. You're you're a hundred percent there. Like it, the way I view Unplugged is, it's a platform and an and a blank canvas. You can do whatever you want with our game. If you want to play competitively, um, the leaderboards are on fire. If you can go take a look at the kind of scores people are getting in the games, um, they're insane like legitimately insane. So we've, we've tapped into the nerve of rhythm gamers who wanted that challenge and, um, and un- unplugged at the very heart can be a very challenging game, man. You know, expert mm-hmm. is expert is no joke. Right. So, um, so there's that for, for serious players. Um, but there's also that, like that really like hand over heart, like thing where it's like, this game is really all about having fun. And I, I mean, I can't stress that enough that you remember, remember in 2005 when games were fun, but like, <laughs> remember when stuff was a little simpler? Remember when like, like, I don't want to sound like, you know, Pepperidge farms guy here, but like we wanted to like, there is a thought process where everybody collectively decided, um, that we wanted to integrate something that was meaningful and fun and, and the very best of what we can do. I mean, all of us together collectively as game designers, um, producers, developers, we can pretty much do anything. I mean, the talent is like overwhelming on these teams, but to be able to reduce it down to a feeling that, that is just that it's a feeling we're selling that feeling. And remember that feeling? Yeah, you do. That's what we're selling. That's the game that we put out. We we don't want to put out a game where you're just it's a stress fest or there's a million things going on. There's plenty of other things like that. There's plenty of other games that do that very very well. Um, our heart is in the right place. Nice. It totally is. Hey, it totally is. I'm like sitting yeah. here thinking of a way to tell you that. Like mm-hmm. that is so awesome that that is like your philosophy and your approach to all of this. You know, like. I like got I don't know I, I had a I like I had a feeling when you were talking earlier about um like how Guitar Hero turned kids into guitar players like they play Guitar Hero they're like holy shit this is great and they play guitar and like I remember being young and playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater for the first time and like how many skateboarders were born because of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater like everyone went out and bought a skateboard you know like it's ridiculous right. and I don't know like am I just old now like am i just an adult or do games not inspire people like they used to to your point here right like how they used to be fun like were they more fun or were they just like the right amount of complex and like at the, at an impressionable age like 
if we're, we're 21 year olds and 25 year olds going out and buying skateboarders after, or skateboards after playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, like what happened? Where are we? Are kids still doing this shit? I know that's a weird question, but there it is. <laughs> Dude, I got a PS5. All right, I I play with my son every single night on the PS5. Um, the games are seventy dollars. To maximize the full capability of the chipset inside a PS5, you're looking at a seven to eight year dev cycle just to be able to push this thing to its technological limits. Okay, you've got nothing but launch titles which are basically still PS4 games, yeah. right? It is. It is a time and place kind of thing where the Venn diagram puts PS2 right in the middle of the good times because the hardware didn't require too much from your team. The gameplay could be simplified, and it was really all about the gameplay. So I think as a game designer, if you focus on the core essence of what you're trying to achieve with your design theory and and how that design theory elicits an emotional response from your player, um, then you're then you're always going to make something that's compelling and fun because nowadays with a PS5 and seventy dollar games you're looking at ten million twenty thirty million dollar like marketing budgets for games that aren't even going to come near to recouping that so the the economics of video games are completely busted I mean there's so many red flags for even like wanting to not to to stop building indie games right so. I think it just comes down to finding that sweet spot and you can be the most talented team in the world, but it's really all about intent. And our intent is to try to preserve a good feeling um, without having to make you buy expensive, unattainable hardware. Like you can actually go buy an Oculus, man. Mm -hmm. You can't go buy a PS5 anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Our game's like 30, 25 bucks. This is not a $70 plus tax video game. So it doesn't, it doesn't take much to, to really try. You just have to kind of want it and, you know, have the core essence of what you're trying to achieve and the, the rest kind yeah. of falls in place. So you've got a $299 Oculus Quest. There's no reason, there's no need, and there's no, it's not compatible to go buy a plastic guitar for another however many dollars, right? So you get what you, you get a $300 Oculus, you get a 20 something dollar game and you're there, right? But tell me about, um, like the mindset going into making a game like this, right? So you're before you had buttons, you, everything was analog. You're pushing a thing, you push the thing, something happens on the screen. Now you're going in and you have this brand new technology, VR, and you have this super brand new technology, which is hand tracking. That must have been extremely intimidating to say, wait a second, we're going to make a game that is VR only and is hand tracking only, right? There's not even an option to use controllers here. So, like, there, there has to be a certain amount of uh, anxiety or something going into building a game that's built off of, of, of something like hand tracking. What were some of the challenges you guys came across when, when trying to implement this? And um, what were your thoughts behind that? Well, all credit, once again, goes to another way, um, because they had the core idea for um, Unplugged. Mm-hmm. And through the early tech demos, decided that this is something that not only is going to be um, a viable game concept, but a, a really, really fun thing to do on the headset. So um, standard challenges. I mean, you're you're looking at like just fine tuning the approach and making sure that you know you're, you're field testing everything. Basically, 
you're you're operating off of hardware that you can't change, right? And you can't move the cameras on on the Quest, so you have to to ensure that your your windows are are proper. So so there's a lot of R and D into like, well, where's the where where do I put my hands? Where's the good? Where do I put the guitar? Where's the where's the highway? So once the high once the hardware sort of dictated, um, you know, a, a lot of the necessities in in filling out some of those design aspects, which is to kind of get the basic shell up and running, um, then it, it all just became like you know design implementation and kind of like getting together and saying, okay, well, um, how do we want the node highway to go? Do we go horizontal? Do we go vertical? Like what is what is our game all about? Like and you know what what's what's the story we're trying to tell so usually in video game development you kind of move pretty quickly through um your your concept to tech demo to obstacles that are going to prevent you from like going to the next stage of development um then you know bringing in art and bringing in you know your 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 programming team and everybody to kind of like make sure that designs visions can come true um, that's when things start accelerating. And how another way did this with a smaller team that they've got is just, it's, it's mind-boggling um, how incredibly efficient they are, not only as a team, um, but just like how responsive. And, you know, for a team that works all the way across the world in Spain, I mean, it's every single day. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's a truly international affair putting together a video game like this. Yesterday, Bob in chat said that the Steam page front plug says that there's tracked motion controllers. Do you play with controllers on PC? Um, no, but but on Steam. So so there's a Steam on release Steam, coming yeah. out for this, right? So right now it's just on Oculus, but coming is a version that you can play uh, exclusively on the Valve Index using the finger tracking of the Index controllers, which is interesting ah. because it's it's the only it's the only other controller it's the only controller that has full finger tracking. Um, you know, as opposed to Oculus is just hand tracking, right? So this is going to be very interesting to see how the implementation happens with that because I don't know about you. I think I but might like that better. Some people are going to because it's going to give the impression of of like holding a yeah. guitar head. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like the, the neck of the guitar. You'll actually kind of feel like there's something there. Now, on, on you know, on the downside of this, I don't know about you, but I have absolutely horrible luck with the with the finger tracking of my Valve yeah, Index controllers. Yeah, it's not ideal. Right. But, I mean, I think if you take the time to get your hands placed properly and you really dial it in and try and, you know, and then and then pull the things tight so they don't move, I think it's probably going to work good. And I'm really, really excited to give to give the Steam version with the with the Valve Index a go because, because of what you said there, right? Now you have something in your hand. You might kind of feel like you have the neck of the guitar there have you, and have you some tried haptics. This, Marcus, have you right. tried it with the Steam controllers? I have yet to try it with the Steam controller, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to share that um, we're getting a lot of great feedback from the testing team. Um, oh, and everything is, I mean, everything's on schedule. So uh, just a little, a couple weeks out. Sweet. So nice, if, nice. if I can do a little bit of future tripping, which we will we do on this show pretty regularly <laughs> um you know like yesterday we had plastic controllers right today we're hand tracking finger tracking on index controllers in virtual reality um tomorrow like w- like where do you see like guitar and video games being tomorrow like is it going to be more with like a more realistic guitar and a, a more of an opportunity to learn how to actually do it? Or do you think it'll go less, like more of the hand tracking, you know, like kind of removing all of the hardware from like, 
do you do you have like a preference as to where you can kind of see this going? Dude, we're just getting started. Just <laughs> like, getting started. Just getting started. Um, we are we are in the earliest of early stages in in this wave of VR, and um, AR and MR are going to become pretty pretty ubiquitous yeah. over the next ten to fifteen years. Um, hardware is going to get more accessible. Um, everything is going to get lighter, but I think inevitably you're probably looking at. Um, and this is just like we're future tripping, right? Totally. We're just we're just mm-hmm. in the year 2035. How are, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I would say there's probably a lot of um, holographic home theater action going on. Um, people are sort of immersed into photorealistic environments that just boggle their mind. There'll be probably some um, some light ray technology where haptics will be felt by sort of breaking sort of like. Um, airflow in your room or something. That's fine. so. Yeah, I mean, there's. You're just going to keep stripping it away, I think, until it's just really just you, just um, sitting there in in that like virtual reality, which has become your new reality. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can I, see I, that. I, you mean I, I could see putting on a, like a like some snap glasses or or some unreal like glasses, right? And then looking down and there's an actual guitar there and seeing that that note highway coming at me, right? There's a lot of different places this could go. Or, you know, actual like very realistic graphics where you feel like you're standing there performing a concert in front of hundreds of thousands of people, right? I think there's so many cool places that we can bring this and so many ways that we can feel like we're, we're, rock stars because who doesn't want to be a rock star yeah everybody does honestly and hopefully it's it's both right like hopefully i have the game where i can just do this and like it is playing the song like i don't even like i'm not even looking for like i'm just like expressing pure expression you know pure hey i'm playing a guitar expression and then i can also see i'm actually holding a fucking guitar now and like this program or whatever that i'm participating in is teaching me how to do this you know like every step of the way and then there could be a couple of couple of steps in the middle there too you know they could also be the guitar hero which is the gamified maybe there will be some kind of peripheral you know like i don't know man it's it's exciting to to imagine this but mm-hmm. the one thing that i that i'm kind of like realizing as i continue to like plunge into the future is that it's like things become less and less um like polarized you know like back in the day it was like this is how it's done and this is how it's not done or there's there's a and there's b you know but like now as we keep going forward like so much so many different versions of stuff keep coming out you know like yeah and like super nintendo to n64 like ridiculous how different those things were but now like technology is coming out that's like just tweaking this just tweaking that like just making this thing a little bit better this thing a little bit better you know Mm -hmm. it's not these like big jumps and big like breakthroughs and new understandings and new approaches every single time we do something. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I keep telling people that I think that VR as amazing and unbelievable and mind blowing that it is, is still in it's like Atari 2600 phases, right? We're not, we Seriously. haven't, we haven't reached, I don't think the Nintendo, the super Nintendo, yeah, not no. the PlayStation stuff, right? We are, <laughs> we're getting there. This is the very beginning of this stuff. Um, I can only imagine where we're going to be 20, 30, 40 years from now, what my kids are going to play, what their kids are going to play. Like they are going to literally, you know, be like, oh yeah, I played a concert in front of a hundred million people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, what's that? Well, you know, in order to advance this, guys, it's kind of like that Guitar Hero thing. Like how how I love music and I love guitar. I want to see it survive. It's like telling old stories, right? They only survive if you tell them, right? So same thing with VR. Like the person, the, the, the human being that is going to take VR into its final form has not even been born yet. Think yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, yeah. so we are, we are at the very, very earliest stages. And in order for that human being, whomever or wherever they are, wherever they will be to take VR into the next, it's like uh, ready player one, whoever that like dude is going to be or do that. Um, that person has to first pick up VR and be inspired by a game. And that's, that's kind of like the guitar hero analogy. Like we want, we want VR to survive as an art form. We want to make it 45 years from now where we're in some holographic arena where everything's kick ass and rad. And in order for us to get there as a game company, we have to, to make things that people want to play so that somebody surreptitiously discovers their love of VR through a game that we've made. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, we get to retell the tale. Mm-hmm. Well, I look forward to seeing those days. I really do. And and I'm so excited to continue to play Unplugged. Um, I've been having such a blast with this. You know, I was jamming out with some Ozzy um, earlier before before the show. Uh, I've been getting into all the tracks, Offsprings in there, some some amazing bands, Tenacious D. I mean, how perfect is Tenacious D in this they game? Are, that I is mean, a good... A good... To, to air guitar to Tenacious D, but to actually feel like you're playing is absolutely unbelievable. So so I've really been enjoying this game, and I appreciate all the work that you've done on it, as well as the entire I'm... team. Dude, I'm so grateful just to be like, I would have been happy being the guy that swept the floor on a game like this. Mm -hmm. I would have been like, just whatever you needed me to do, I would have been happy. Um, But yeah, it's, it's a tremendously fun game. And and my final fun fact, um, if you notice the Tenacious D song in the game is a Mm re-record. It is not the original because, uh, well, the original had some pretty lascivious lyrics that we... (laughs) We could not put in our game, uh, mm-hmm. lest it yield a M for mature rating. So they went back and, and re-recorded Roadie for us um, and replaced some of those words. And my God, I honestly think it's a better song. Like Jack wow. absolutely kills it. So that version of Roadie inside of Unplugged is unlike any that you'll ever wow. hear. You can't download it anywhere. You can't hear it anywhere. It's only in Unplugged. How, so how does that happen? Like, do you do you go to the artist and say, hey, you know, we'd really like to put your game, your song in this game, but as it stands right now, we can't? I, I would imagine most artists would be like, oh, cool. GFY then, yeah. <laughs> right? But like, do you approach yeah. Jack Black and you're like, hey, is this something you want to do? You want to re-record this, or or is this something they that they're excited it about? Out of the park, they knocked it so clean out of the park. It was ridiculous. It wasn't even like just a a cursory kind of like throw-in thing. Yeah, we'll we'll just edit out the bad words or whatever. They went back into the studio, and he fucking nailed it. He's just <laughs> listen to that. He, dude, he nails it. Like he's so passionate about everything. Oh, he does not half-ass anything. So. Um, I'm just grateful that dudes like Jack exist um, because it inspires us because we're kind of those people too. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a natural thing. Like we find each other, people like us, like you guys, we all find each other inevitably. And, and when great people find each other to do kick-ass stuff, um, 
this is the kind of stuff that can happen. Dude, that song does fucking jam too, man. It really like, does. It's good. It's so good. His vo- he's such a, like his vocals are on point, dude. He's they are great. Yeah, and, totally. <laughs> and, and to jam out to something like that with with an air guitar game is just unreal, right. man. So it's is so cool. uh, is there anything that has not been said about Unplugged today? Right, like something important that uh, you know that gets breezed over that you think uh, that we should probably mention before we. Uh, move away from Unplugged and start to wrap this up? Absolutely. And I think this is a great time to shout out the rest of the team at Vertigo because without Vertigo and another way doing just Herculean things to get this game out and and into the hands of people, um, there's not one human on these teams is uh, replaceable. So um, I'm just going to shout out names because they have to be said. Rick in PR, we've got Regina, um, Kamara in marketing, um, John Coleman, our, our fearless CEO, CFO, Richard, our amazing CEO, all of the testers at Another Way, all of our Discord uh, denizens, all of the fans of the game, everybody that came together to, to help us get to where we, we are just starting to go. Um, I cannot cannot thank you enough like i'm i have chills right now i'm just i'm so beyond lucky that i get to do this and and it's all for you and because of you so thank you again man you know and i and i've i've had the i've been privileged to meet and speak exclusively with some of these people and they're just such amazing people over at vertigo games like i really Absolutely. I, I just i'm i'm so happy to to be able to work there you know and to work in the springboard division and like just Everyone has just been so amazing. And it, like for a team like this to come together and to make some of these amazing products that they're putting out, like like Unplugged, After the Fall, some of these games, I mean, are just blo- like mind-blowing. And the fact that they're getting this stuff to, to play and look this good on, on a mobile headset that has a cell phone chip in it. Just I can't right. just blows my mind, man. It really does. But bravo to the team over at Vertigo Games. Everyone yep. over there. Seriously. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Love Mar- you guys. Marcus, what 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 should we be listening to right now? Like what are you jamming? What what are your favorite bands? What what should what's your music recommendation? Um, I've been listening to a lot of um post black metal. Oh, so there's nice. there's um there's some there's a Bay Area band called Deaf Heaven that put out a pretty good record recently. I I'm, love I'm Deaf Heaven, them. dude. Um, Sunbather, there's a so good. Yeah, I, I usually like I'm into obscure stuff that like not even like the uber nerds have heard of, like Alcest, which is like a, a two piece from France who who does like um sh- like black gaze type stuff. So yeah, um. Uh, I love Ghost. Always, always mm. a big fan of Ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, geez, you put me on the spot. What, what should you be <laughs> listening to? Uh, whatever is going on in Unplugged is a perfectly good thing There's to listen to. There's your answer, right? I know there. that's a there stupid and cheesy answer. Yeah, go, that was great go music play, in there. Um, go play, yeah, go play uh, "Flying High" again, or or uh, "The Kids Aren't Alright" by uh, uh, by Offspring. By the and... Offspring. That's okay. A, that's a Everything should work out. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you up offline because as soon as you said Deaf Heaven, I realized that I I want those deep cuts from you because I'm right there with you. I love obscure stuff. I've been getting into really mathy stuff lately that like is impossible to get excited about with other people because. What's the band you've been super into lately? Archspire. 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 Tech depth. Nasty. Yeah. Crazy. So, te- crazy. Tech so depth. crazy. Insane guitar playing, man. Uh, Fallujah is another good band. They're from the Bay Area too. Um, oh my God. Um, 
Jeez, so the Contortionist is another good band I've been listening to the lately. The Contortionist. Yeah, we're gonna take this off. Um, I'm gonna hit you up, dude, and maybe we can swap. Yeah. A oh my god, this, if we could go. We yeah. Yeah. I just want to know what's. I just want to know what's in your CD player right now. But I realized that CD player. You just dated yourself right there. Maybe I did. <laughs> there's a yeah. There's in, infinite songs, and the crazy thing is, you know, I mean, I'm a metal guy. Sure, um, I love rock, um, but I grew up a punk, and I my my family weaned me on um, opera and jazz. So I've I've got kind of a pretty variegated musical background. Um, so it, it's it's crazy. It goes it goes all across the board. This is great. Well, I can't wait to talk about music with you a little bit more here in the future, Marcus. Um, congratulations on everything man like seriously guitar hero rock band are legendary games like they are we are going down in history dude and yeah congratulations like for real great fucking job yeah um thank you for for joining the the vr world right like working with vertigo games helping make things like unplug come to life um we're lucky to have you here in the vr space and we were super lucky to have you on between realities today so thank you so much for joining us and being on the show Dude, you guys rule. I, I mean, can't thank you enough for having me. Um, let's do it again sometime. Say no yeah, more. man. Say no more. We're, Absolutely. We'll, we'll get you back on here as soon as it makes sense to. Everyone, please say goodbye to Marcus Henderson from Vertigo Games and Unplugged. He's leaving. Bye-bye. And just like that, Later, he's gone, ejected, never to be seen again. <laughs> At least man, that was, that was so much fun, man. It's just like such such a legend i can't right? believe we were just Legendary. talking about guitar hero with the guy who fucking in rock band and unplugged and just I, it's just like the evolution of these musical games i mean i just it just blows my mind so good so much fun i love jamming out and, and music like music games and vr in general it's just absolutely it's a match made in heaven so i'm super stoked i'm super stoked to go back in and play some more unplugged i am too and yeah. i'm gonna do it with a different a different perspective i went in there trying to shred expert plus i should just loosen up and just try to have a little bit of fun and see if i like mm -hmm. it more because maybe i will mm -hmm. um thank you guys all for joining us here today yes. on this live broadcast brand vr dark angel yesery bob wolf raza eric hartley you guys have all been super active in the chat thank you for being here um mr tasseloff um paradise decay dude like uh dan uh danny Rayleigh's still here been here from the very beginning like you guys are amazing um Aylin, thank you so much for being a part of what we do here so a short stack in chat earlier short stack yeah, yeah dude i mean we you know mateo was here like we everybody stops by and it means the world to us so yep. thank you for joining us and being here um this is wednesday so friday's only two days away yep and we got another show coming up for you guys on friday with more vr legendary stuff so we got tech man ju coming in who has absolutely just come into the TikTok space and just exploded Did and he's made some insane content he's he's out of nowhere yeah he's like working in vr full-time now the dude is uh living the dream so yeah, we're excited to talk to him. He's awesome. You mm -hmm. know, he popped up wearing B Haptics gear, making it look better than anybody else can. And like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just like that, he like shot straight to the top. Um, so we're really excited to have him on. He's a great dude. We've, he's become friends with a lot of us here in the VR space. Um, and I'm excited to kind of dig deep and learn a little bit more about him next, um, in two days on Friday. I'm excited. And that will be, by the way, an early show. So we are going to go back and we're going to do, we're not going to do our normal time. It'll be like a couple hours earlier. It'll be around. I think like um, 
10 a.m. Pacific time or 11 a.m. Pacific time. 10 or Hold 11. on, so check it out on Twitter because I will I will give it time there because me and Alex are uh, taking off to L.A. after that to go moderate a VR panel at Los Angeles Comic Con, which is which is huge, man. I'm super excited to do that. Yeah, um, if you're going to be yeah. in L.A. this weekend, hit us up and we'll yep. give you some more details about this on the show on Friday. Yep. And um, with that, I think we should we should call it. That's it, man. Thank you all Absolutely. so much for being here. It's been an absolute pleasure. Have a wonderful weekend, and we will see you. Actually, I, dude, I've got used to – it's like I'm so used to it being Friday. I, I know. I know. No, don't have a have great two, weekend Have yet. two stupid days, and I'll see you on Friday. Bye, all everybody. Right, see you later. Bye-bye.